0: Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North. It's
1: real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run.
2: With your hosts, David Hahn. I want to remind people there is no award for. Coming to the conclusion fastest on a quarterback in your football city. Nobody remembers, and frankly, nobody cares.
0: And Dan Weider. Particularly in this town, we start to get the extremes trying to outshout each other, right? Those who think that he's a bust are trying to outshout those who think that he's going to be an absolute seven time
1: All Pro. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome
2: to the Take the North podcast, another special edition, the trade deadline edition, because there's more news at Alice Hall. I'm David Haw from 670, The Score, The Haw Show. Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune. You can find our pod, Take the North, at your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Breaking news today, the Bears trade their second-round draft pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers for Chase Claypool, the former Notre Dame wide receiver, third-year wide receiver from the Pittsburgh Steelers, (sighs) big play guy, high ceiling, Dan. I think there's a lot of reasons why he was available you just heard Ryan Poles explain it. How, what was your first reaction to the big news today?
0: Look, I mean, it's all combined together, right, with the Roquan Smith trade news from Monday. As we uh, tell our audience here, we, we hinted at this on Monday. This is the uh, Dan Wieter was wrong episode of the Take the North podcast because I was telling everyone it was going to be a quiet trade deadline, right? And the Bears Bears went and, and were the most active team in the NFL. Uh, they even sort of out-jockeyed their, their rival, the Green Bay Packers, in, in the talks for Chase Claypool to add another weapon to their passing attack. So a lot that happened. Here, uh, in addition to the trade of Robert Quinn last week, that's worth processing. As you mentioned, Ryan Poles came down Tuesday afternoon and, and, and took about 18 questions over a 12 minute span from from reporters. And so I think you have to look at these two uh, moves as, as sort of uh, together, right, as, as part of a, an ongoing process here. And as it relates to, to Claypool, I think what you see here, it was an acknowledgment, David, I think, of what fans have been yelling since Ryan Poles took the job that you need to get weapons for your starting quarterback to aid his development and the one uh, one of the quotes that i found most meaningful as it relates to the acquisition of, of chase claypool is ryan poll said you can never have enough weapons and guys who help get your quarterback confidence right and so now all of a sudden you you acquire a guy that that you have to figure out what his potential is for 2022 right then you have to figure out what his potential is for 2023 and then you have to project beyond that and figure out do you want him as a part of your long-term plans as that relates i think at least at the very least you're adding a guy who who has proven in his two plus seasons in the nfl that he can make difficult catches and make the quarterback look good on plays where the quarterback doesn't do everything right
2: claypool under contract through 2023 the bears get a good glimpse of him in the final nine games Assuming he is uh, active on Sunday, let's wait and see. Okay, before we get into what Ryan Poles had to say at the podium today at House Hall, uh, assessing the trade and explaining the Roquan Smith decision as well, I'll give you some of my uh, just reactions and opinions to it because I do think everyone has an immediate reaction. Okay, so I think that when you go out and you get a guy like Chase Claypool, you are getting a big play, high ceiling guy. You have to look at uh, some of the realities of why he was available. Mike Tomlin didn't want him. Just like when Nikhil Harry was available because Bill Belichick didn't want him, that should make you a little bit wary. There were some issues with uh, him being coachable. There were some issues with him being the kind of guy that you would want in your locker room or in your huddle. But I do think that he is worth the risk. It's a calculated risk, but it's one that Ryan Poles has proven he is willing to make. And I like that about him. Uh, the other thing about Chase Claypool I-, I like is that he's been around winning organizations. He's, he went to Notre Dame. He went to the Steelers. He's with the Bears. He knows what it's like to be in a winning culture. And I also think confidence off the charts. He talks like and carries himself like a number one wide receiver. I don't know that he is that but I like the fact that he thinks that he is. And I think that when you look at Darnell Mooney and and Chase Claypool, their numbers career-wise are pretty similar. Mooney 167 career catches, Claypool 153. Mooney 2050 career yards, Claypool 2044. Claypool has 12 touchdowns, Mooney eight. The difference is Mooney was taken 173rd overall, (laughs) Claypool taken 49th in the second round after his college buddy and teammate Cole Komet, your guy, and I think that a lot of people in town thought the Bears would be better off going for Claypool. Now they've got more domers than they know what to do with. Four <laughs> in the. There's the potential to have four Notre Dameers on the field in the offensive huddle at the same time with Sam Mustafer, Cole Komet, Claypool, and Equanimity of St. Brown. What's going on? It's a bunch of. Golden domers everywhere.
0: That excites you for sure. That excites you to to, to get that level of, of Irish representation here in the building. I think, David, when you look at this, you, you're you're talking about a, a guy again who has proven production in the league, right? And so you're not guessing. It's not uh, the 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 flyer that you took on Equinemius Saint Brown, or the flyer that you took on Nikhil Harry, or or the the revival attempts that you tried to to, to put forth with. Dante Pettis, you you have a guy here that has has had big seasons, a ten touchdown season as a rookie. You have a guy in your uh, estimation here that 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 talks a big game well and is going to have to back it up. That is one question we didn't get to. With Ryan Poles on Tuesday afternoon is, is just what the the homework on Chase Claypool's personality and locker room fit is going to be with this club. I think that's going to be interesting to to track, right? Because you you hear things uh, around the league about a guy who has um you know confidence, right? But then confidence that that then bleeds over into social media, that then bleeds over into to to some some mini kerfuffles, I guess, if you will, that that may spring up from time to time, and you have to figure out what your tolerance as an organization is for those types of things. We'll get to know Chase Claypool a lot more here obviously in the next couple months and then into next year to to answer some of those questions but i I was hoping we could get to that with ryan poles today uh he did give us a little bit of a of an overview on what he sees in chase claypool here's uh here's a, a sampling of that from tuesday afternoon's press conference
1: i've really liked the way that our offense is is starting to come together and move i thought it was important to add another impact player to our offense to go along with the guys that we currently have in the receiver room right now um I like the way Justin is trending. And I think adding another um, big body who's physical, explosive, great leaping ability can stretch the field, but also is, is violent with the ball in his hand as well as a blocker. I think that enhances everyone around him.
0: So again, right? Like you, you have the confidence in the, the Bears general manager thinking that this is a guy they can add. David, one thing that I noticed <laughs> profoundly in the in the rewatch of the Cowboys game uh, from Sunday afternoon was the, the, the lack of help that Justin Fields had uh, in in securing deep balls, right? The, the most glaring one was the Bayless Jones deep shot that he did not catch. And instead of uh, first and goal at the five, you're sort of resetting back near midfield and having to, to regroup again. But then there were two at the end of the first half, one a corner route to Dante Pettis on the left side of the field that was not secured. Another one, a free play end zone shot to Equinemius St. Brown on the right side of the end zone, not caught. And to me, it was uh, the the, the most recent indication of, man, like we can bang Justin all we want for for the missing Equinemius St. Brown on the first play of the game with a deep ball that he didn't throw long enough. Well, when he does throw a really good deep ball, you have to have weapons that can secure it. And those are three examples right there from three different players in this receiving core that didn't connect because those guys just aren't good enough or reliable now. And so you hope Chase Claypool can come in sooner rather than later fill that void and turn a couple of these incompletions into big plays that change
2: games. He's a playmaker. He, his breakthrough season was his rookie year, had 10 touchdowns. You have seen anybody who follows Notre Dame football can remember him being that guy, and he's going to make the special play. He has that quality. Again, I don't know if he's a 1 or a 1A. It doesn't matter. Here's what I think is interesting, is that is this move, obviously, it's going to enhance the ability and increase the likelihood that Justin Fields can make plays in the downfield passing game. Every quarterback would want that. What I don't know, and I'm not sure anybody can answer it fully, is that, and I don't really like this suggestion, but I have heard it out there, so I'll address it, is that is this giving Justin Fields nine games to say, okay, here's another weapon. Here's a team that now has a complement of receivers that is at least respectable, and that will be part of the evaluation. And if you don't improve these things, then that will be taken into consideration when we figure out who we're going to draft, because the bears still are going to be drafting pretty high uh, next April.
0: So a couple additions to, to to this conversation. number one, we did get clarification that the bears did send their second round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers for Chase Claypool and not the Ravens. That's an important distinction because they're going to be picking about 19, 20 spots apart by the time this season ends, right? And so so it's a higher value pick that the Steelers uh, obtain. I also thought it was notable that that Ryan Poles acknowledged the supply and demand curve, right, and acknowledged today that there is a a market out there both in the draft and free agency that you have to assess when you're trying to figure out whether to pull the trigger now or later. And so he talked about that today. Here was uh, some of that back and forth from his press conference on Tuesday afternoon.
1: That's part of my job and that's part of, you know, my crew upstairs is you have to do a little bit of forecasting and looking down the road. And I just didn't feel completely comfortable with that. Not to say there's not good players there. I just didn't feel comfortable with not maybe being a little bit more aggressive at this point.
2: I'd like that, Dan, because number one, it's good foresight. Secondly, it's good transparency. The other thing I like about it is that it acknowledges this thing that I think we all appreciate in the media and certainly fans should this is an inexact science oh yeah you you can look at the analytics and i and look espn plus came in and they gave the bears a d minus on this trade and whatever you wanted i don't know i don't know what's a d and what's a c and whatever and i and i have due respect for the people making these decisions but it is so inexact that i think that you have to be very careful and again drawing any hard and fast conclusions ryan pace i'm sorry ryan poles is rolling the dice a little bit here? He's taking a gamble, a calculated risk because almost he has to. I mean, he doesn't have to, but it certainly is within his personality. And the Bears are at the point when they when they uh, make this move that they have th- these realities in front of them. So I'm okay if you know it's the Bear second round pick and not this uh, the second round pick they got from the Ravens. There is a big difference, but it takes something to get something. You have to oh, no spend. Doubt. So I don't have a big problem with that. So, in a se- essentially, you traded Roquan Smith for Chase Claypool, a fifth round draft pick, and swapping spots in the second round. So I, don't forget I don't about
0: big... don't forget about veteran linebacker AJ Klein that comes around as well with the, with with the deal for Roquan Smith.
2: So you're getting Roquan Smith, <laughs> Chase Claypool, a fifth round draft pick, and swapping spots. I don't know where Klein fits in. I don't think it's long term. I much. think he's a special teamer, but. It is something that I think, yes, it's inexact. And I, I appreciate the fact that Ryan Poles was in a situation that he felt like he had to act before the free agent class because it wasn't a deep one. And this at least gets him his guy. So priorities, money, resources can be allocated elsewhere.
0: So here's one of the things that I like about Les Snead, the general manager of the the reigning Super Bowl champion Rams, who are obviously having their own difficulties, but he has sort of taken this approach in recent years, David, that that you go and get guys that you know are good in the NFL rather than rolling the dice on guys you have no idea are good in the NFL, right? And so it's it's it's, it's one approach, right? Of let's 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 go acquire guys that we've seen play on this level and that we know can play on this level. That's what the addition of Claypool is. You know, it's a second round pick that you know can play, right? And now you try to take him up to a new level and you, you try to coach him up with with guys, you know, you got an offense coordinator in Luke Getzi who has a background in elevating receivers, right? And worked closely with Devonte Adams during his time in Green Bay. You have Tyke Tolbert here, who's going to be entrusted and getting up to, to speed really quickly. The the other thing though, David, that I think is notable here is that there's a lot of folks out there that see a a stockpile of draft picks and say, boy, next April's our chance to to really hit it out of the park with a big draft here's my here's my warning my cautionary tale right let's go look at the draft class that Roquan Smith was the headliner of in 2018 for the Chicago Bears I'm going to name the seven players that the Bears took in that draft Roquan Smith James Daniels Anthony Miller Joel E. Abeniwe, Bilal Nichols Kylie Fitz Javon Wims here we are in November of 2000
2: all, 2000- all gone yeah they're all gone that's amazing
0: and, and yeah, November, 2022. And those guys, n- none of them are part of the program anymore. And so it's, it's, it's this it's this reminder that you can't prematurely celebrate any draft class until you get a bunch of guys that earn that second contract. Right. One of which Roquan Smith figured to earn the second contract. He was the one guy that Ryan Pace drafted in the first round where you said that guy is a playmaker. He's a difference making standout. And then all of a sudden, it, it, it falls apart with a new regime unable to get to where they want to go in the negotiations. I want to give you a little bit of audio from Ryan Poles on that because I, I thought it was notable for him to express his disappointment. Uh, here's the first clip from Ryan Poles with, with with sort of a dejected look on his face about
1: the exit of Roquan Smith. You know, There's part of me um, that's bummed because this was a guy that I thought was going to be here for a long time. Um, I felt like we put – Uh, A lot of effort forward to get that done. And we came up short and we couldn't find common ground. And that's just a part of this business, which I think we all understand.
2: It's easy to understand that it's part of the business, but I have to say that he did sound dejected. He did sound disappointed. And it's a shame it didn't work out. But I think that after things fell apart in negotiations, this almost, after hearing Ryan Pole's seemed like both sides f- viewed this as inevitable this was going to be an inevitable divorce you heard roquan smith talk about back in august the disrespect and the things that he felt Distaste, hurt yeah the distasteful nature of it i suppose that's the right word that he used and and you sensed that he carried that into the season i don't know if that weighed heavily on him or it affected his play or not but it did i think affect the bears thinking in terms of can we strike a deal with somebody representing himself that can't separate work from his personal feelings emotions from execution and Roquan Smith never could do that so they thought that they had to get something for him before you know they played the franchise tag game and and I get that the only other thing I'd want to add about Roquan Smith in fairness and, and this has very little to do with the negotiations but he wasn't the player that I think we thought he could be this season. And he's be a little disappointed uh, in himself probably as well, if he were honest, up and down, up and down, up and down. When he started and he had the success in 2018 as a rookie, his defensive coordinator was Vic Fangio. Then Vic Fangio goes and takes advantage of the great season that they had in 2018. And then Chuck Pagano. And then Chuck Pagano leaves. And then Sean Desai. And then they get blown out of here with that staff and Matt Nagy and company. And then here comes uh, Matt Eberflus with a new scheme, a new position and a new defensive coordinator in Allen Williams. I am not making excuses for Roquan Smith. He is leading the league in tackles. He is still a highly productive player. But We do bend over backwards trying to explain why quarterbacks may not succeed because of different schemes, different offensive coordinators, different talent bases, who they have, who they don't have. It's the same kind of thing with linebackers, even ones as gifted as Roquan Smith. So I don't think that the the carousel of defensive coordinators should be ignored when evaluating just what Roquan Smith accomplished with the Bears and what he's capable of doing with the stability that Baltimore offers.
0: There's no question, right? And it's going to be really interesting to me, David, again, to see what Eric DeCosta does with Roquan's future, right? Because he's the next guy at the batter's box to figure out what the uh, uh what the value is for Roquan Smith. And and Ryan Pohl said it very simply today. He said uh there was a difference in value, right? The Bears valued Roquan Smith in one way, Roquan Smith valued himself in another way. I go back to August and I, you know, I think Roquan Smith is a very good football player in this league. Roquan Smith believes himself to be a star. And so I think that there's that 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 gap, and we talked about that bridge that the Bears had to build they never built it ryan poles for the the final word on this conversation was asked very uh, directly today you know why is a 25 year old two-time second team all pro who you've spoken highly of as a football player and as a guy in your locker room and a captain no longer part of your championship vision as a building block here's how we responded to that
1: because of, of what we just mentioned in terms of not being able to find common ground to continue to move forward, you know there is the reality of it is is you have to ask yourself a question, you know, are we ever going to find that middle ground? And from our previous conversations, you gather that information, and it felt like it was highly unlikely. So then, are you able to then take the opportunity to enhance your roster now, or are you okay with the chance that he walks away and we can't? use some of that to enhance our roster. And, and that's what it came down to. And I felt like we had to to move forward at that time.
2: You don't get better letting 25-year-old Pro Bowl caliber linebackers walk out the door. But you also don't get better in letting them do that if you can't retain them for nothing. So this was an, out of necessity. They traded him, and they got a second and a fifth, and they turned one of those seconds, you know, felt comfortable in getting a wide receiver. So I understand the thought process and at least he was able to be transparent explaining it.
0: You mentioned earlier that Ryan is betting on himself here, right? He's getting up and he believes very strongly in his vision and the ability of himself and his staff to go out and and knock it out of the park in 2023 with free agency in the draft. This is a, a a bet on yourself moment for, for the the first time general manager. I also think it was notable today that when he was, you know, sort of asked another time about, look, you you've depleted this roster of talent now, right? And you you've told Matt Abrifus, we are going to be less competitive with your actions. But now you're asking him to still have the same level of success as a coach. How are you going to uh, evaluate that? Are you going to allow? Uh, for the 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 realistic possibility that this team takes a step back right now, and his answer was, I, I'm never okay with a step back. I expect other guys to step up. Right? It's what you have to say at a podium. But right. I also think that Ryan Poles believes that the competitive fire within this locker room will uh, allow these guys on this team to to rise up and meet this challenge a little bit. Well, you and I both know that the results are going to be ugly for the next two months. Right? That 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 our our post game podcasts are going to be a little bit bleak. Right? From now through 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 middle of january but you have to have your fingers on the pulse of the locker room when you do things like they've done this week and i think ryan Poles truly believes that there's a feistiness in there that will will come out even more even with the idea that the team on on game days won't be as successful from a win-loss perspective
2: and before we wrap this up what you alluded to betting on yourself that was the question our own mark grody asked Ryan Poles about players do it all the time and here you are a first time general manager betting on yourself what do you think of that and this is how he answered
1: absolutely at the end of the day I'm a decision maker and a leader and you got to step up and you got to make those decisions and at the end of the day if it's not then that's that is on me
2: all right so that's a good answer Dan because I think that when Ryan Poles talks about the betting on himself the confidence that he has. You do not make a move like this. You don't trade away a a linebacker like that unless you have an inherent self-confidence that you're doing the things the right way, that you're building a championship team the way you want to do it. And you've identified a method and you're, you're going about it the way that you think is the right way. And I I think that this was a big week in the tenure of Ryan Poles. This was a significant that this is a big two week period. They had, you know, A victory against the Patriots that was as big as they've had in years. And it really didn't mean anything in the way that he reacted to that in terms of getting swept away with enthusiasm. Nothing deterred him from and knocked him off the course that he clearly had thought about and was committed to going down.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, we know how many boxes need to be checked before this team becomes a legitimate championship contender again. The general manager and his staff believe that this week they took some important steps, either backwards, sideways, partially forward to get this thing going down the road that they wanted to go down, even if it's not the road that they were originally on. And so that's notable. I'm really excited that we're going to have another episode later in the week because I think Wednesday and Thursday at House Hall are going to be very, very action-packed from a media standpoint of getting the temperature of the locker room, talking to guys like Cole Komett. Jalen Johnson, A. Jackson on defense, talking to Luke Getzey and Alan Williams and talking to the, the, the offensive assistants to figure out how they're going to use Chase Claypool. There's a lot of information to gather in the next couple of days to figure out this new path that the bears are on. And so there's, I think, and listen, we didn't even mention Justin Fields, right. Who's whose input on all of this is, is going to be really interesting to hear how he processed all this and what he thinks this does for his opportunity to, uh, again, what Ryan Pohl said, gain confidence, right. Which the confidence then leads to results, which then lead to steps forward. So, uh, uh, pivotal week here, and, and you go into a game against a, a, a pretty good Miami Dolphins team that that still has some weaknesses at times on defense that it will allow you to exploit. And So let, let's see where the Bears take all of this, because as you just mentioned, eventful seven or eight days out here, and, and now they've got to uh, figure out where to go with it.
2: And I'll be clear, I don't know that I would have recommended trading Roquan Smith, but I do understand what they got in return would compel them to want to make that deal. I don't know that I would have taken a second-round pick to go after Chase Claypool, but I understand, given the free agent class next winter, why they did things now. What I do respect, even though I might not always agree, is the fact that there is no ambiguity about what's going on at House Hall and who's making those decisions. And that's refreshing. And I think that you want your executive uh, who doesn't have experience doing the job to act in a way that shows that maybe he, he feels like he's been there before. So I think that you at least respect the m- way that Ryan Poles is going about it. And it's there's a lot of wait and see here. You have no hard and fast conclusions to reach. Uh, patience is recommended, uh, just as it is in evaluating Justin Fields after back-to-back good games and determining what that means in the big picture and long-term. So, yes, it has been an eventful, pivotal few days, certainly a b- eventful, pivotal few weeks, and we will continue to bring – All of our opinions and analysis to you from Hallis Hall and wherever the Bears go, Soldier Field on Sunday night. But We'll be back here on Friday looking ahead to Bears and Dolphins, like it or not, with maybe arguably what I call it on the radio this morning, the worst defense in the NFL. Research that to think if that was exaggeration or not. But Dan, thanks for your uh, hard work. Anything to add before you leave Hallis Hall?
0: Yeah, I would just say that your pick to take the North, the Minnesota Vikings, who have a commanding lead in the division right now, they were buyers also. They got T.J. Hawkinson to make a run at something meaningful in 2022. And if you talk about a surprise story of the 2022 season right now, I think the Vikings are right up there with their success matched alongside the, the, the Packers' uh, surprising decline. And so there you go. You got another buyer across the way here that's uh that's looking to make a run at something
2: crazy day nfl record 10 trades made on trade deadline day we broke down what the bears did with ryan poles and, and them getting their receiver chase claypool from the steelers for a second round pick lots of fun lots of action lots of analysis thank you for joining us on the take the north podcast on your free odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts we'll be back on friday you want to download listen and subscribe you can rate us as well because we review everything out there. You should be able to review us as well. For Dan Weeder for Adam Sadzinski, I'm David Hall. We will talk to you Friday. Thank you for joining the Take the North podcast.
0: Great talk. See you out there.